0: This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Well, this episode of TOFOP is brought to you by Movement Watches. I like Movement Watches. Thanks. Go to movement.com slash TOFOP.
1: The following episode of Toefop is rated MA. It may contain Batman references, time travel references, sexual references, lost trains of thought, and mild course language.
0: And relax. This is up I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Hello, Charlie. Hi, Will. You know what? We've got some really great listeners. Teabaggers out there, you're some of the best bloody podcast listeners out there. I mean, look, I haven't compared you, uh, uh, I haven't done independent testing with other podcast audiences, but I, from anecdotally, from my own experience, you guys are the best. What's going on? <laughs> oh, what's don't. going on, Will? Uh, you you may remember. The you might remember what's about going on? about six weeks ago we came up with a fucking stupid idea to get a fax machine a stupid idea to get a fax machine which we tried really hard to get our own we realized to get it connected at one of our homes or in an office was going to be too much trouble i managed to sweet talk a news agent into letting us use their fax machine i was laughed at by this woman she didn't laugh like out loud but i could tell she was laughing at behind my eyes Last week I got... Definitely
1: she was laughing to other people about you. Oh, yeah.
0: No doubt in her day-to-day,
1: which is probably pretty regular and routine, (laughs) you have been an exception in that routine. And she has mentioned it to every single person she's had a conversation with since. Like her partner, the person she works in the business with... Like, you have been a topic and source of conversation. She talks to a kid who's doing first-year university. The thing that she talks about is this crazy guy that you'll never (laughs) believe what happened to me at the news agency today. That is how
0: those conversations have started. Not only am I the crazy guy, this crazy idea, she's making dollars off us. Like, I don't know uh, when this happened. I can't remember discussing a price with her. Like, I think I discussed the idea with her of a retainer because she wasn't into it. When I sort of first went in with the idea of you receive faxes for us, because they send faxes from this news and they don't receive them. When I went in there, she wasn't into it. And so I knew I had to flush some dollars. I knew I had to sort of reach into the Patreon, <laughs> break the Tofop piggy bank and splash some cash. And so what I talked to her about was a retainer. Because I felt like if we paid per page, there's no incentive for her for that. Because, you know, the first week there's no pages. So she wouldn't make any money off that for wasting her time. So I... I discussed the idea of a retainer. <clears throat> so this week I go in and I'm happy to announce that we have lots of faxes, lots of faxes to read on this show. Uh, and so I was really happy about that. And she's gone, great. So that's uh, 20 bucks a month. <laughs> and I was like, ah, oh, okay. Uh, and in my head, I'm scrambling. going like, did we discuss that? And then I was trying to do the math on, well, does that work out fair? Like how much would you pay for an individual page? And am I getting ripped off here or whatever? But I've agreed to it. So if there's, people need an incentive to go to our Patreon or to buy a movement watch or support any of our sponsors, this is why. We need to pay to get this news agent to, to take our faxes for us.
1: If four people could please come on and be new subscribers and each subscribe for $5 each to cover our now unexpected fax-related costs <laughs> we have for this podcast.
0: <laughs> but you know what? She had to, uh, she, she, she had to, uh, 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 she, she had a bit of egg on her face today. She had to, uh, she had to... <laughs> well, it's <that's> aggressive. <laughs> well, what's what? the, what's the, what's the, sl- what's the saying when someone has to, uh, uh, has to backtrack? She, uh, she had to eat uh, humble, p- humble pie. Do you think it's, did I, did yeah. I give her a big serve of humble pie? Did the tea bag is... Did they fax through a big slice of humble pie?
1: Well, it depends how we're painting this Like lovely person yeah, who she... may be just lovely. Yeah, and, she is. Yeah, you know, it's not like she was probably going away and laughing behind our backs like, Did... we'll never
0: get faxes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Like, she was. You know what she was? She wasn't laughing at us. She was a skeptic. She was a non-believer. Well, now she's a believer. She's a believer. We saw her face in. and she's a believer. And you know how I know she's a believer? Last week, when I went in to get, collect our faxes, I think we had one or, or two faxes last week. She just like, they were on the floor of the newsagent. She hadn't even bothered to like pick them up from the floor next to the fax machine. This time I go in, there is a dedicated folder for us under the counter. At We've the got newsagent. our own folder.
1: She better be wearing the cost of that folder, though. We're not paying for that fucking folder. That's part of our $20 a month. <laughs>
0: i got some bad news, Will. (laughs) Oh, no. That that folder's costing us $70 a month. I don't know why it's more expensive than the fax. It just is. That's where they get you, on the folder rental. Uh, Yeah, we've got our very own folder with Tofop written on the front. She still doesn't know what Tofop is. No, Um, neither do we. So how could she? Uh, so, I mean, look, I know we normally get to the, to the, 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 the at the halfway point of the show, but I thought, why don't we crack open a bit of everyone read facts? Ba, 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 da, 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 da.
1: Oh, I think that yeah, absolutely, Charlie. I we'd mean, be, it's. We'd be stupid not to, hey? It, well, I mean, <laughs> why worry about being
0: stupid at this point in
1: the <laughs> process? But, Sure.
0: Uh so uh Mike Hell, I believe hopefully you've, you've inserted our everyone uh, read fax jingle uh, uh prior to this point. Um now this is what I'll say about the fax machines, uh the fax machines, the faxes we've been getting. Um some people have made it very official by attaching a cover letter, which is very old school fax correspondence. Other people have <laughs> does just-
1: that, Does the one you just waved at me say fax on it?
0: Yes. <laughs> Now I don't know. Uh, I don't know if this is like the person who sent this has composed it themselves, or if that's like a standard template or whatever. But it's clear that some people have used the official uh, uh, cover page, and then they've gone into thing. Other people have just like grabbed the, ripped out a page from their exercise book, scribbled a scribbled a fax, and just jammed it in the fax machine. The other thing I would say to people who are wanting to send us a fax is that you don't have to have a fax machine to send us one. That is, you know, uh, that is possible. But you can also send us a fax digitally. You can use your computer to send us a fax that we will receive on our fax machine here. So if you're inclined to send us some to respondents and you don't feel like sending us T-mail, you can send us a fax. Uh, I don't know how to do that. Maybe Mike Hal, who's more technically proficient than either of us two, would, would have some information on that. But it is possible.
1: So Charlie, I imagine some of the faxes we've already received have come from not actual fax machines there may be some way, maybe the ones that have the official looking standardized cover are the ones that are sent from computers because they have a standardized font and cover and you can do those things more easily. Yeah. But if someone could either tell us how we can easily identify which ones have come from fax machines and which have come from computers, or if you could include on your fax, if it's come from a fax or from a computer, I'm not judging one against the other. But I do think there is something special about a fax that's been sent from another fax. I mean, I voted yes. I think all relationships are equal <laughs> and I'm not judging your computer-generated fax. Not everyone has access to a fax machine. We barely do.
0: But I'd like to know. I mean, looking at these, this, this collection, I would say it's probably about a 50-50 split of proper fax machine and, uh, and digital fax. And I would not say proper. that- We're not what, judging. What that says is half these people work in the health uh, industry, health and care industry. Yeah. Okay, the first fax is from overseas, the US. Someone has paid a fortune—probably Oh, my God. Oh my <laughs> Probably more than the twenty bucks a month rental. Uh, this is from oh PJ, Moody. PJ Moody. PJ uh, Moody, simple cover letter, just reads facts and uh, the time it was sent. The message is simple: "Cheers from a walkie," and then. A very hard to see black and white photo of him drinking a Pabst Blue Ribbon beer. You can't really see it. I mean, look, maybe what I'll do is like scan some of these and and put them up on the Facebook page, as long as I have everyone's consent to share uh, your faxes. Oh, you know what? How about this? If you're okay with us, uh, if you're consenting to us sharing your faxes, especially if it's like pictures, because quite a few people sent us pictures. Let us know in the facts. I won't do it with these ones because you know, maybe, maybe (laughs) PJ Moody. In
1: the facts,
0: (laughs) I don't know if PJ Moody wants us to share his photo. I mean, I'm assuming that is PJ himself. You can't, you can't see that, can you? Hang on, hold it up to the camera. Can you? You you held it up, and all I can see, I can kind
1: of actually see. Oh, I can see the ghostly outline of PJ Moody's face, and I can certainly see the logo for the PBR. Yeah. So, um, good marketing
0: down at PBR, and I can kind of see his ghostly face. Uh, Milwaukee, pronounced Milwaukee, which I believe uh, is Native American for the good earth.
1: <laughs> is that right?
0: Uh, Wayne's world has taught me nothing. It's, it's, it's that. So, uh, it's remember that so scene with Alice Cooper? Nice. Uh, no, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, PJ Moody. Uh, the next fax uh, comes from, just says Todd. Uh, Hi, Will and Charlie. Uh, This is what you drove me to while I was listening to Tofop at the gym. The one thing you strictly forbade your listener from doing, I chose to rebel. So what he sent us is a collage of dick pics. Oh, no. Oh, oh, okay. Phew. (laughs) But I'll let you now. Hold this up to the camera so you can identify the dicks he sent, Will. So what's that? Uh, Andy Dick is in the first corner there.
1: Uh, Then... Um, no, can't tell who that second one is. Uh, the third one is Dick Cheney. Um, hang on. Then, uh, yeah. uh, Mike Hall said that second one was Dick Butkus. No way. There's not, there wasn't a guy called Dick Butkus. Um, <laughs> Dick Cavett on the end, I think. Uh, that is Richard Nixon. Um, that is... I don't know who that is. Who is that? Play um,
0: NFL for Chicago. We'll assume his name's Dick or Penis. Yeah. <laughs> Cock Williams. It's a photo of Cock Williams.
1: Um, then some baseball player. Yeah, you can read his name. By notes. the way, people at home, Dick Pohl, his name is...
0: <laughs> yeah. In order to do this, I'm having, because we're doing this via Skype, I'm holding up this fax to that camera in my computer so Will can see uh, who these people are, which is really doing a great job so far. Okay, so you got... Well, call. firstly,
1: I, I, I have to wear glasses, which I'm not wearing, and in you holding it up, it's like that fucking camera work from fucking NYPD Blue in the early series, like Stephen Bochco production, and <laughs> it's actually giving me a headache. I'm feeling car sick <laughs> trying to work them out. Is that? I, I don't know who that dick is. Um, no, nope, don't know the dick down the bottom. Um, Andrew Bolt, who is a dick, so that does make sense. Um, don't know who that dick is, um, and that seems like David Stratton, the movie show host, but I don't think it is. Very, uh, very dick famous. Dick Van Dyke. Dick. Yes, Dick Van Dyke's there. Uh, Mickey Rooney. He's not I Dickie know. Rudy. Who I is that? Know who that is?
0: Um, I think, I think Mike Hal is scrambling to identify because these are sent from America, clearly. Dick Van Patten, yeah. Michael's saying. Uh Michael, you've got to stop messaging me because I can't see Will on my Skype. when you do that. Who's that? Oh. Anyway, can you stop waving that at me now? It's making me
1: cast. One see, more. Seriously. Who's that? I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I literally can't. It's making me
0: feel ill. Uh so Todd says, I chose to rebel. Thank you for all the years of content. Uh, I hope Will returns to New Zealand someday soon. Oh, it's from New Zealand. For for your information, I sent this from my digital fax line. Uh, cheers, Todd. P.S. We named our new little boy a very popular dog name. Junior? Well, Ramona or Winnie would be weird. A little boy,
1: yeah. So, P.S. We named Junior, Joe. Junior's okay. There's like you know, normally they just him? name
0: them the yes. same as you. And then people call them Junior. But I guess right. you could
1: call your kid Junior.
0: I think, uh, who was Peter Andre married to for a, a bit? That uh, glamour model? Jordan. Is that her name? Yeah. Her, so. kid, her, her kid's called Junior. Uh, this is from someone you may be familiar with uh, Reed Parker. <laughs> Thank God for Reed Parker. Oh, nice. Every stupid fucking idea we've ever had on this show, we can always count on Reed. Reed's always in. Reed's the guy, first guy picked, right? That's a, when you got a stupid idea, Like suicide mission, Reed's the first guy you pick because you know he's in. No, I reckon Reed's like Hawkeye. You just like you don't even
1: have to ring him. You know, like you know, like you like you just assume Reed's
0: coming. Like nobody even puts in a call and then just Reed turns up. All right. So under notes on the cover, he sent a cover sheet, very official, to FOP respondents. Now I'm assuming that this, yeah, this is a fax machine. Uh, To FOP respondents, Reed's gone all out here two colon fop on the head of it reed says guys this was the dumbest thing you've ever done (laughs) and i was there when charlie made those sd card badges in memory of superpod yeah that that possibly oh my
1: god that that possibly so so stupid that was i found one of those the other day (laughs) and i was just like
0: (laughs) that idiot they're collectors' items, you know. I fucked I was up all night making those fucking badges. I don't even have one of those, and it took me bloody all night to make them. Uh, okay, so Reed continues. Okay, let's see how images work on this thing. Reed and he has, in true Reed Parker fashion, done a Photoshop image of you with no hair. Now, does that relate to something we've discussed on this show? Um, I
1: think I don't know. Maybe the, is that my my brother's haircut on my head? I was talking about. Recently, I was talking about not wanting to shave my head because I have a bad-shaped head. I reckon right. that's what it's referring to. Right. I think you look good. Um, I wish that he... Yeah, I look good if Reed Parker photoshops my head. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's not what my head looks like. <laughs> that's what my head should look like, like based on where my hair is. But once you take the hair off, there's a disturbing image underneath.
0: <laughs> now, one thing we didn't anticipate with this uh Fax correspondence, TOEFOP respondents, is that a lot of people are handwriting stuff. And I can barely read fucking correspondence when it's typed. So let's see how we go with handwriting. Uh, This is from Scott. G'day, Will and Charlie, or is that Charlie and Will? A while back, you ran a DVD giveaway, Will's Old DVDs competition. I always wondered if you followed up on this. Or are the DVDs still collecting dust? Love the pod. Any chance of a national tour? Well, let's answer the first uh, part first. What do we offer to give away DVDs at some point? We are the worst. We barely <laughs> remember this Care Australia thing. We promised to do a live fucking Facebook chat. Obviously, we promised to give away DVDs. I mean, shit. Why
1: do people still listen to this? <laughs> I can vaguely remember that but I can't (laughs) remember anything about what it was I think we were going to choose five each and people had to identify oh you know what it was oh
0: that's what it was yeah yeah guess our DVD but no one guessed it right so we don't give it away no one guessed it right yeah yeah.
1: no one actually guessed it right so we completed our end of that fucking bargain
0: yeah Uh, and any chance of a national tour well there's always a chance always a chance
1: (laughs) always a chance
0: (laughs) um
1: Yeah, at some stage. I'm doing the Dollop show in Melbourne when they come to town. And, you know, when they come out to Australia, they're a much more popular podcast than us. And, Mm. you know, because they've got a story and it's a good live show and all those sort of things. Um, But I did think, yeah, they're touring all over the country and they've got audiences all over the country. We could find smaller places all (laughs) over the country and go (laughs) to them. Like, you know, if people are interested.
0: Well, how about we just set up Tofop in the foyer of where they're doing their shows? Like they're doing like theatres and stuff. So we'll just set up our like dinky little live show in the foyer, <laughs> like people can walk I mean, past be, while they're getting drinks it'd be and see us. Great if we us. could open
1: for them. Yes, I'd love to
0: open like, for the Dollop.
1: So you tell everybody like the show starts at like eight o'clock or whatever. But if you want to get there like an hour before, there'll be these two dickers. I do a warm up.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hashtag toe fop open for Dollop. No, too long. Get the campaign going, <laughs> tea baggers. I don't know. Someone come up with a better hashtag than that. Okay, this is from Emily. Two Tofop. She didn't do the uh, colon Tofop, but I'll you know, forgive her on this one. Hey, Will and Charlie. Just wanted to say a massive thank you for all the laughs. You've accompanied me throughout Europe, breaking down in the middle of the highway, and everywhere in between. <laughs> I feel like there's a large section of that story that's missing. <laughs> like, I mean, it was just a teaser, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, or was it just, and then everything was resolved in an efficient fashion? I mean, but did your European trip finish with breaking down on the highway? I mean, that's a real bummer, to that Euro trip.
1: Well, also, no, maybe it was just like the highlight or the talking point from the Euro trip, which again, is not a great reflection on the rest of the Euro trip.
0: Yeah. I don't know where I'd be without your podcast. Well, probably a lot smarter, (laughs) (laughs) I would say. More well-informed. I don't know where I'd be.
1: Without the German RACV who picked me up when we broke out <laughs> down on a highway.
0: Uh, much love, Emily. And she drew a little smiley face. Okay. The last uh for respondents is, uh, well, this must be a made-up name, Osher. <laughs> Who's called Osher? Well, Dear Tofop, and this Osher person has done the most accurate recreation of James Fosdyke's Tofop logo by hand. It kind of looks like when you're a teenager and you do like the Metallica logo at the top of your exercise book. It looks pretty dope.
1: It Dear, really does look like it, 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 it's the same one he's done on his pencil case.
0: Well, it's literally been written on an exercise, uh, exercise book. Look, it's a lined page. I mean, what, what world is he living in? Well, we'll get to that. Dear Tofop, I have been waiting to send a fax for a very long time. <laughs> An electronic form of written communication I've always loved. Getting them when I worked at Channel V. Wait a minute. <laughs> Maybe this, this Osher person's legit. When I was working, I used to love getting them when I worked at Channel V. People would send the most intricate and wonderful illustrations requesting their favorite videos. Also, my favorite photographer, Helmut Newton, has an exhibit dedicated to him in Berlin. On the wall is an entire collection of, of back-and-forth handwritten conversations between him and Anna Wintour, discussing everything from interior shoots to who's bringing what for dinner. Well, there you go. Tofop can open. We'll, we, we'll be exhibiting in Berlin soon enough. Love you both. Love the podcast. Kiss, kiss, smiley face. Osha. Ah, thanks, Osh. Uh, he's he's got his new book out. He's
1: written a, an amazing book about his life and uh, some of the struggles he's had and the way that he
0: found a way through those. Um, and yeah, it's I went, out, I, at the I, moment, I, I, you should. I, I went and saw the live show, the one man show that is based on the book. I went and saw it at Giant Wolf a couple of weeks ago. Giant Wolf, <laughs> Giant Wolf a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Um, tell, well, tell me, is, what's the show? Is it him just by himself or does he have yeah. someone in conversation with him? No, it's a one-man show. So it's literally like, it's a one-man show. Uh, he, he acts, he tells stories, there's um, uh, music. He acts? Uh, what sort of he, acting does he do? Well, like kind of, you know, because he, he ta- it's basically his life up until, you know, from a childhood up until now. And, and there's laughs and there's tears. And so, like, he sort of recreates some moments from his youth. Um, he gets audience on stage and some audience participation. It really was a great show. I mean, I had no idea. Like I knew Osh was the channel V guy and I knew he'd played in heavy metal bands, but, and I don't want to spoil any of it. Cause I think what I saw was kind of like a, a preview or, 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 or like something that he's working yeah. up to, to. Well, it's,
1: yeah, it's new in
0: him doing that. Yeah. I know yeah. That. So I'm sure that there's stuff that he's like, uh, working on and changing, but, um, he plays a couple of like songs. He gets a guy up there and they play together. And, Fucking dude can play guitar and sing really well. Like he does this amazing like 80s style uh, extreme poison rock ballad at the end, which is a fucking showstopper. Like it was great. I actually put a photo of it on my Instagram because I was so blown away. He gets the rock stance going. Um, it's a really good show. I mean, it's it's funny. You mentioned Nanette before and it does sort of feel like it's in the same vein. Like a lot of the stuff he talks about is quite confronting. Um, You know, Osh has been very public about his mental health battles. By by the
1: way, that'll seem weird to uh, people who are listening to this podcast because I mentioned it on our other podcast that we recorded before this. Really?
0: (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) Well, let's just pretend you mentioned Annette on this podcast. We've recorded these back to back. I mean, I'm happy to. It's an excellent show and people should watch it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so it's it's a one-man show that has a bit of everything. Like, I think it was... um, I just, I've got a, look, I think is o- 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 a pretty remarkable person. Like from where he's come from to where he is now and what he's, and what he's doing and the challenges he's faced. It's like he's pushing himself into this thing because it's a new challenge, you know, and considering like, you know, what he battles with, with anxiety and depression and stuff, getting up on stage and trialing something that you've never done before. You know, he's a presenter and stuff, but this is not, this is not what he does in The Bachelor or what he did in Australian Idol. This is something completely different. And not only is the performance style completely different, but the shit he's talking about, he's never talked about before. It's was, yeah, it's pretty remarkable. I love how much of his own path he's
1: responsible for. Yeah. Like, he's just a guy who, I mean... As he is self-confessed, like, and he now spends more and more time on his podcast talking about his own life, you know, and the book talks about it as well. So I don't feel like I'm sharing anything that I shouldn't be sharing here. Like, like you said, a guy who battles with anxiety and these sort of things, GE also has this other aspect to him that is like, I can do anything. Like Hmm. I can have this serious podcast where I have these wonderful conversations with people and I can host the Bachelorette at the same time, but I can also be this guy who does live shows and writes a book and you know he 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 has a good like and and I don't think that he'd be encouraged much if that makes mm. sense like all the yeah. things that he does i don't think there's anyone sitting around going hey osha you should do a one man show or someone saying hey osha you should start this podcast where you have serious conversations with people and you talk about your mental health and all these sort of things no one would have said that to him was a wise thing for him to do but it's
0: i'm glad that he's done all those things yeah and the good thing about osh is that I mean, it's it's weird, isn't it? It's sort of, it seems um, contradictory to people that someone who suffers from anxiety would want a job where they have to get up sometimes in front of a, like an audience of thousands, you know, and hold that shit together. That seems terrifying. But the way Osh describes it is that, well, that's the one moment he's in control because nothing happens until he opens his mouth, you know, or they he cuts to commercial or, or whatever it is. And I find the that... other thing is
1: I've, I've spoken. I'll oh, go on.
0: No, yeah, no, please. you go. Well, I just oh, find that.
1: Well,
0: I... <laughs> no, after you. All right, we're 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 on Skype and we're trying to gesture to each other to continue the conversation. I'll take it. Uh, yeah, I I used to date an actress who had the most crippling anxiety I've ever seen. Like a couple of times, you know, we were out and she had full blown. Panic attacks. And this is when I was a lot younger and I didn't quite understand what was going on. But it always uh, puzzled me why someone who was so fragile would choose a job where 90% of the time you're being rejected. You're going into auditions where you're being judged and rejected. You know, you're on set or on stage where you're being judged and assessed. Like it's this constant sort of, um, you know, putting yourself out there. And I never quite understood. But then she sort of explained it to me that. It's in the same way they talk about like, you know, uh, to overcome a phobia, sometimes you just got to expose yourself to it. Like she knew that she had these issues and what she felt was the best thing for her was to actually just face up to them, you know. And there is something about performance, uh, you know, uh, that you recreate yourself or you become a version of yourself that is fearless, that doesn't have the same insecurities as, as what you're actually feeling.
1: uh, we've talked a little bit about um, the fact that I've I've just started going back to therapy. And one of the things that um, we've been working on is me trying to find ways to quiet all the voices in my head, because I just, I just think all the time, like about, you know, like I just am constantly thinking and my brain is constantly thinking and it's about everything, but I don't have many times when I'm not actively thinking and so we're just trying to work on some ways to be not actively thinking that are unwork um, work related because i use work as my way not to have to think which might sound like a really counterintuitive thing but like when you're on stage or when you're doing a show or whatever you can only th- be thinking about creating that show and doing that show and all those other things in your world and your life and all those other thoughts have to go away for that prescriptive period of time so i mm. I, I totally understand that like that idea that you know like often Justin and I have had the conversation over the years of like on a day when and you know I won't go into it at all but today has been a day that um yeah something pretty terrible happened you know closely related you know to people we know and you know to come on here and you know do this for a while you can't think about it mm. you, you know you can come on and like you know you just think about doing the show and whatever and it can be a great relief so I understand that those two things can go together because it's a,
0: it's a, you have a moment where you can control the chaos. Mm. It's funny. Let's do a little five minute therapy chat because I too have been going back to therapy. Uh, Similar reasons, similar, similar reasons. Um, But what I've been talking about with my therapist has been really interesting. It's the idea of being okay with discomfort. The idea that, you know, creating distractions or throwing yourself into work or, exercise or whatever my normal go-tos are is fine but does it necessarily address the root problem like you know for me the problem is as soon as i get into bed and i close my eyes all those thoughts come rushing in first thing in the morning those thoughts come rushing in and so what i'm working on is the idea that we can actually sit with that stuff you know you there there is no way to control thoughts like if you have an overactive brain which it sounds like we both do there's no way to actually stop that, but what you can get better at is what you pay attention to, like allowing those thoughts to rush through, but then choosing you know, to pay attention to something, acknowledge it, but not necessarily invest or follow it. because my problem is I will get on a, a looping thought, I will uh, something will come to mind, and I will chase that around and around and around and it and it makes it hard for me to kind of get off that track. And it's funny because it hasn't really made sense to me until like the last kind of few weeks. Where I've really just started to understand that, and this is going to sound like heavy or whatever, but there's this philosophy, like a Buddhist thing about like life is suffering, you know, that you can't avoid pain in life. And I think it's hard these days with social media and stuff and everyone's projecting this perfect life that you feel like you need to be happy or at least projecting happiness all the time, success, you know, all that kind of stuff. And for me, it's, it's, I, I'm learning that, you know what, it's okay to not feel that stuff. And to not analyze and question and, and and berate myself about why, you know, I'm not at the point I want to be or, uh, you know, why things why things aren't different is to actually sort of sit in that spot and allow those feelings just to, to move around, but not buy into them necessarily. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I'm, I absolutely know what you mean. Um, I, one of the things that I've had a bit of trouble with is related to that, but it's not exactly the same thing which is that because of the thing we were talking about where I was saying it was a positive thing that sometimes you, you know, go to work and you get to, but if something really bad's going on in your life and then you go to work and you pretend everything's okay for a while, I think sometimes there's a, because our jobs are public, you know, we talk a lot and we share bits and pieces that you can be having two very discordant lives at the same time. Like, To the public, like I said to somebody the other day that I'd had a few things that I'd been struggling with and whatever, and they were like, someone who'd only been seeing my work and not catching up with me in person was like, oh, you wouldn't know it. Like, you know, I've seen you doing this and I watched you doing this and I thought your show was really good and blah, blah, blah. And like, they were like, you know, I thought everything was flying, you know, things are going really well. And I was like, yeah, I think sometimes the fact that like work is going well, and I've, you know, I think my work has gone well this year can be... So you, that thing's going well, and that's a very public thing. So people see that and they go, "Oh, everything's good." Whereas, like, there can be a whole bunch of other things that aren't good in your real life, and then you have to kind of be dealing with two. It's almost like you've got like a more successful twin, <laughs> like you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and you're like, oh, you're the, you're the, the, you're the
0: slightly less good-looking twin. <laughs> Uh, we've got some other correspondents, some traditional to fopperspondents. Do you want to get to those and then we can wrap it up? Uh, No, I want to talk more about the morbidity of our existence. (laughs) So now we're two guys in
1: our fucking 40s with fucking therapy bills and a podcast. This wasn't enough. This form of therapy wasn't enough. We had to get some professionals involved. We're paying $180 a week to their Patreon so we can fucking have an unrecorded podcast with them instead.
0: Well, this episode of Off is brought to you by Movement Watchers. Now, you may have oh, heard, excellent. you've probably heard me, I mean, I know you've heard me talk about Movement before, uh, but I'm assuming the listeners I have heard have. me talk about constantly. Movement Almost before. constantly. Almost like
1: you're being paid to talk <laughs> about them. But the truth of it is that, you know, we've formed a, an affection for the people at Movement Watchers because they're pretty much the only people who give us money to talk about them. And that but, in itself bonds you with a company over, uh, after a while.
0: Yeah, we're like uh, Julia Roberts and Pretty Woman. We can be bought.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but like, exactly. We're Julia Roberts. You know, the good people at Movement Watches, they're rich in gear. But the truth is, we fell in love at the end.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, we fell in love with these two college dropouts who started their own watch company. Uh, the company has grown like crazy with almost 2 million watches sold in 160 countries. And they continue to revolutionize fashion on the belief that that style should not break the bank. I don't know if you've checked out the site lately, but they have doubled, doubled, Will. That's not, that's not a misprint. They have doubled the number of watch styles and they are still expanding. Like the universe, movement watches continues to expand.
1: Wait, the, the sunglasses themselves
0: expand? Watches, mate. We're talking watches this time. They do they do, do oh, sunglasses the as well. Expand. But, well, hang on. Actually, we're talking about movement in general. They They say watches, but we know they do sunglasses as well. Hey, there you go, movement. There's a free little sunglasses plug as well. Exactly. While you're there on their watch
1: site, you might as well check out the sunglasses site. But are the watches or the sunglasses expanding? That's what I want to know. Are they going to start as like small John Lennon sunglasses and end up as Dame
0: Edna Everages? <laughs> Giant Elton John type sunglasses. starts off as like a, a tiny little wristwatch and grows into a flavor flavor by the end. In fact, <laughs> movement... If, you, if you're looking for something. I mean, that's not some... a bad invention. If you started yeah. with
1: like a watch and you ended up with like a grandfather clock, that's <laughs> a good company. Get on that, Movement.
0: Movement has come a long way from being the crowdfunded kids working out of a living room. In the past year, they've not only introduced a ton of new watches for both men and women, but they've also expanded to sunglasses and fashion-forward bracelets for her. Now, that's something we haven't talked about, but you, if you were a guy you can buy a, a bracelet for your girl. Christmas is coming up. I guess a birthday is coming up. Likely in the next 12 months, there will be at least one birthday coming up. <laughs> a birthday huh? is definitely coming up.
1: <laughs> so why Unless don't you... get can... happening right now, and it's still coming up.
0: <laughs> so why not get someone a bloody watch or a bla- bracelet or some sunglasses? Now, here's the thing about movement watches. They're all about looking good and keeping it simple. Movement watches don't just tell you how... Don't No, they don't tell you. How many steps you've taken or blow up your wrist with text messages. Who wants that, Will? You got a bloody personal trainer to tell you how many steps to take. You've got your bloody email to get messages. You just want to tell the bloody time sometimes. You know what I mean? Well, your what? Your phone already tells you how many steps you take. And everyone's
1: got a phone. If you ever done if you don't have a phone, you probably can't afford a watch. Well, you probably can. <laughs> a movement
0: watch. <laughs> And, you know, they say here in this copy that they say an example of a message you might receive with one of those bloody newfangled smartwatches are you up, a booty call. Who wants a booty call? I've got better things to do than get booty called.
1: I actually think that's a bad example, movement (laughs) watches, because up until this point, I was convinced by your argument that I didn't want a watch that was giving me messages. But now that you've given me one that's like someone saying you up. And suddenly my life seems a little bit more exciting. So maybe I'm
0: back in on the whole, ri- the message watch. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Well, Movement watches they tell the time and they look good doing it. Movement watches start at just $95. At a department store, you're looking to pay between four to 500 bucks for that. Movement figured out that by selling online, they were able to cut out the middleman and retail markup, providing the best possible price. With classic design and quality construction and styled minimalism. Minimalism, styled minimalism. <laughs> to get 15% off today with free shipping and free returns, go to movement.com slash Uh I have a movement watch. I have the Black Rose. It's my fancy watch. I went to see uh, Evita on Tuesday night at the Sydney Opera House. It was a black tie event and my movement well, watch was accessorized la-di-da. with my suit. How did you get in? How did you get an invite to that? Well, I'll tell you what my movement watch was good for at that point checking it halfway through to go, how much fucking longer has this show got to go? <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen Evita, but it's boring. <laughs> <laughs> la, la, la. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You took care of a bunch of poor people. Whatever. Sing the song we all know so I can get bloody home to get on the website and look at more movement watches.
1: Did you pay for tickets to Evita? No. You're no. Right, so... You've been invited on the pretext that you're some modern influencer. Yeah. You have some pool in the social media space. So someone down at Vita HQ has been yeah. like, you know what? We'll give this idiot some tickets to our thing because it's good that we get idiots involved in coming to see our things. And then idiots go along and idiots
0: don't like it because they're idiots. <laughs> well, here's the thing, Will. is like I quite like a musical, but Jem, she hates a musical. It takes real convincing to get Jem <laughs> to come with me to a musical. And I talked her into and this one. And you use that on going to a Vita. Yeah, I know. Because I hadn't seen it before, but I knew it was a classic, and there was that Madonna movie. I was like, well, surely like it can't be like shit if it's that popular. Eh, turns out it's not that great. Right. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing about musicals. This is what I love as an actor. My favorite thing when I go see a musical is not necessarily watching the leads. It's watching the chorus line, like the dudes are in the background, the, the extras essentially, because you never see overacting quite as much as you see from a chorus line in a musical. Like something happens. Just say they're playing the Villagers or whatever, and something happens. They're all observing it. You'll see the biggest head nods and the shaking of their heads and the, what's going on? What's going on? It's like, we get it. There's something going We can all see the stage, background actors. You don't
1: need to overact. Uh, look, I do technically realize we're still in a Movement watches ad read, but I need to talk more about this, Charlie, because I think that you've hit on something because musical acting is one of the few forms of acting where there's a possibility that you will get a sort of promotion in your job. Yes. Because, you know, you do those casts and there'll be like a Wednesday matinee or whatever where someone who's like a chorus line person is actually playing like a, like, you know, someone moves up in the cast to be the lead and then someone moves up into their spot. So you do have to put in your best effort every night because there's a chance, like when you're on Home and Away, like if you do some really good acting and they don't make you elf.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Although it keeps you on your toes. Like when I was doing Home and Away, if I knew I better get this scene right because there's a dude in the background there who they're just going to like slot into (laughs) my spot and no one would care, I'd probably do a better job. I'd probably be a much more successful actor by now. I've got to be honest with you. Get 15% off today with free shipping and free returns <laughs> by going to movement.com slash tofop. See why movement keeps growing. Che- che- check out their expanding collection today. Go to movement.com slash tofop and will, what's the slogan? Uh expand your watch today. Join the movement. Join the movement. <laughs> Adam Bailey writes in, hey Tofop, episode 212 contained a segment from an old episode where you guys talked about VR, virtual reality. As part of my job, I'm involved in VR development, so if you ever want an even more niche and questionable project to add to the Tofop library, I'd be happy to help you guys create some form of Tofop VR experience. I'd be more than happy to do it for free as a thanks for your years of entertainment. Virtually Adam. What the fuck would that be? I mean, if we had everything from VR to faxes, <laughs> we really would be. Ah, oh, that'd be amazing. Like, I you know what? <laughs> It'd be great. Look, you know what? I'll get back to Adam, and we'll see. We'll see what it entails. Like, do people want to experience what it's like doing the podcast, or or do people want to like? Are we creating like a avatar style world that is filled with every tofop trope that we've we've come up with over the years <laughs> is it like ready player I, I one mean, ready player tofop i mean i don't know what the capacity is right
1: like yeah. basically i mean what do people want i guess that we want to hear from people and tell us what you want but i guess the idea isn't like you recreate the world of i don't know there's well, just so mean. many things like did you see ready player one
0: yeah yeah like so, i mean like, is that what could they want? Could there be
1: some sort of world where you actually went in where all our scenarios, I mean, that's a big production, but yeah. like maybe that's what we should be doing. We should be making like a, we could be the new Fortnite. Yeah. We could be like the, we could be, based on all our stupid scenarios,
0: we're like the game master at the heart of this fucking VR universe. Oh, that's amazing. And we can run like a little, like a, like an Easter egg competition, a golden ticket competition. Where, like, if people get the right clues, they can answer certain things about Tofop. Like, they advance in our VR world. This is ridiculous. What are we talking about? Adam, Adam, I'll get back to you, and we, we can discuss what... Tell us what you're all thinking, and and, and we'll tailor our request to that. Uh, okay. Aaron Milton says, Hey, Tofop. And the subject is booster gold and Blue Beetle Casting. I'll start by saying, I've only recently discovered your show about six months ago via the Weekly Planet and Planet Broadcasting. Excellent program. Great podcast. Much bigger than this show. Like, I, you know, just fucking, it's imba- I feel embarrassed that we're in the same network. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess if you start, like, if there's, a, if there's a, an ascending scale of quality, like put up at the bottom and then you can finish with Weekly Planet at the top. You
1: know what the thing is about their podcast? I, I do love it. And the other day, so uh, Meso is watching Iron Fist Series 2 on Netflix. And I didn't really up until that point know anyone who was watching Iron Fist Series 2 on Netflix. And I had, while I was home by myself, um, watched the entire Series 2 of Iron Fist 2 on Netflix. Um, and I had enjoyed it. I'd really enjoyed it. And this is from someone who hadn't watched anything past about Episode 4 of the first series. I hated the first series. But for some reason I was like, you know what? I'm just going to pretend the first series didn't exist and I'm just going to watch the second series. And I really, really liked it. And then I'd been sort of just sitting on that in my own sort of shame of liking Iron Fist series too. And then Meso said he was enjoying it. So I like sent them a message. And then I was like, oh... Am I the old guy who's trying to be in with the cool young guys yeah. and send them messages about their fucking what they're watching on Netflix? I felt really bad afterwards. <laughs> I felt really dirty. And then they like kind of came back to me, but I felt like they were humoring me out. Yeah. Like, oh look at the old guy trying to get involved. I felt bad. It felt gross.
0: Hey dudes, I've been listening to a bit of that skill, Rex.
1: Oh, <laughs> It was the worst. I realized once I'd sent it, I was just like, oh no, I'm that guy. Uh, No, dude,
0: I'm that guy, but I'm smart enough that I don't do it publicly. Like I messaged those two dudes a lot privately (laughs) because I know that I am the old guy. Well, that's what I should have done. But then I
1: I didn't even feel like I could message them privately. (laughs) I felt like that was invading their privacy.
0: (laughs) They don't want to hear from you, old man.
1: That's what I thought. (laughs)
0: Uh, Aaron continues while I haven't listened to every single episode I did go back and listen to some of your back shows as well as stay up to date with what you're currently releasing last week or two weeks ago depending when you get to this on the weekly planet podcast Mr. Sunday and Meso were discussing who to cast as Booster Gold and Blue Beetle should Warner Brothers ever decide to make that movie and in my mind two people popped up Charlie Clawson and Adam Hills and Will Anderson (laughs) (laughs) so I sent them a tweet just more of a joke, that Hollywood should cast you guys in said movie and tagged you both in it. Well, imagine my surprise when Charlie actually retweeted my silly concept. It made my day, by the way. But it got me thinking, why not Will and Charlie in the titular roles? It's a quick breakdown. In the 25th century, after an athletic career ended in disgrace, Michael Carter, a.k.a. Booster Gold, stole a flight ring, energy Beltons. And- oh, my God, I'm already bored. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, okay, so he was... He stole some magic shit. He traveled back in time with Skeet's a sarcastic security robot from the museum to gain fame and celebrity endorsements as a superhero. He's seen as kind of a joke amongst the other superheroes. Okay. All right. Eventually, Booster Gold would team up with a wisecracking Ted Cord, a.k.a. Blue Beetle, who possessed a genius-level level intellect and had a knack for inventing gadgets that would help him fight crime. Together, they would be known as Blue and Gold. Some other tantalizing tidbits... Booster Gold is officially listed at 6'5", or 196 centimetres, and Blue Beetle is listed at 5'11", 180 centimetres. The pair have always been kind of comic relief for DC superheroes, including one time stealing the Martian Manhunter's Oreos, he's addicted to them, and buying all the Oreos in the city so he couldn't get any more, (laughs) which they termed the best prank ever. That's a fucking pretty good prank. Uh, Hopefully by now... expensive, though. Hopefully by now you can see why I immediately chose you two to be the leads in the Blue and Gold movie. I was wondering if we could get some sort of online petition going to demand that Warner Brothers cast two Aussies that most of the world hasn't heard of to headline a major Hollywood blockbuster. Of course, some changes would have to be made to the story. I don't know how your American accents are. Well, apparently my accent is fucking shit. (laughs) But why can't the duo be Australian? We live in an international world, and Australians can be superheroes too. Damn it! Anyway, just wanted you guys to think, uh, to know, to know what. Uh, just wanted you guys to know, to know what you guys think. Hopefully, this gets picked up and tough up respondents. And I wish you guys a good day. P.S. Can you say my full name? Who cares? Am I right? Yes, we can. Aaron Mitten. I think I called you Milton. Aaron Mitten. Okay. So Booster Gold and Blue Beetle. Now, the confusing thing here is that Booster Gold is described as the Oh yeah, that's right. So Booster Gold is the tall one. That's you.
1: Mm.
0: Who's a, you've got the genius level intellect and invent an for knacking gadgets and I'm the kind of, I'm the dude who steals shit because he's got actual, no actual talent. I'm <laughs> the guy who steals stuff, goes back in time and makes himself a superhero because he's got no discernible talent. Well, you know what? Pretty well cast. We've got the right height yeah, no, no. and the right talent levels. And you know
1: what the other thing is? They were willing to spend what was a lot of money because it said t- to buy all the Oreos in the city. Yeah, they said yeah. buy, right?
0: Yeah. So that yeah. means
1: that they're willing to spend a huge amount of money for something that is only a niche joke to a bunch of people. That is right on brand
0: for Tofop. All right. Sign us up, Warner Brothers. Kevin Myers. Hey, Tofop. Will and Charlie, I'm a long-time listener who's decided to turn to you blokes for marriage assistance. Oh, jeez, oh. Sure. Greg's got a podcast all about this sort of thing, Greg Barron. Uh But believe it or not, this one is actually far more up your alley. My problem is this. My wife is steadfast in her, in her belief that George Miller's fi- finest film is Babe. I'm equally steadfast in my opinion that she is wrong. In our initial conversation, I took Fury Road as Miller's best. But as the argument had drawn on, she dug her heels in. I have instead decided to simply take the field, defending no individual movie, but simply stating that Babe is not his best. I ask you both for your kind assistance in the form of a comedy conversation between two old mates in settling our squabble. We've agreed to defer to your expertise, thanks in advance. P.S. I think we can all agree that if she'd selected Green Lantern, that would be grounds for immediate divorce. Um, okay, well, first of all, I've got a simple solution to this. George Miller did not direct Babe. He directed Babe 2, Pig in the City. Now, I don't know if she's talking about Babe 2, Pig in the City, but even if she is, I don't think it's his best film. Well He only produ- he produced Babe, though, right? That's right. Yeah. He produced yeah. Babe and he directed the sequel.
1: Yeah. And if we then take out that aspect, so that's the case proof, which is that uh, Fury Road is superior George Miller because he actually directed Fury Road. So, all right, case closed. Now let's move on to just like a sidebar to this, like an interesting conversation. Is the discrepancy in their opinions, basically, what do you think of the movie Babe is the question we're being asked. And I'm going to say something that maybe this is a bit controversial and maybe I'm being skewed by my sense of national pride, but uh, I think Babe's a pretty good movie. And I would argue that Babe is an excellent movie, that bloody pig. And when he went to the city, I didn't love it so much, but... That first one, that'll do, pig, that'll do. That is my, the amount of times in my day that when something, that I've done something properly and in my head, I just say to myself, that'll do, pig, that'll do, is probably more than I would care to admit even to a trained professional I was paying
0: to talk to. Yeah, so, all right, well, on the, on, if you're just comparing films, Fury Road versus Babe, director irrespective, what's a better film? Or what's your favorite of the two?
1: I mean, they're just so different films. It's like to me, it's like we barely should be comparing them as films. Right? What situation are you choosing between those two films? You're like, hey, we're gonna have a date night. What do you think? Babe or Mad Max Fury Road? Like, you're making two very
0: distinct choices. Uh, yeah, good point. I mean, I don't I think I haven't seen Babe. I saw at Babe at the movies back in like ninety six or something when it came out, but I don't, I mean, I, I seem to remember it being good. I'm not sure. I really would like to see Babe Too Big in the City because apparently it's very dark. It's much more Miller-esque. Like, it, people, there are some people who say it's a bit of an undiscovered gem. It was ahead of its time. Maybe that's where, you know, you got, like, all the animals, like, snorting chrome, <laughs> like, driving these <laughs> hotted-up hot rods and stuff. Maybe that's where George got the seeds of Fury Road. Uh, last bit of tough correspondence comes from Alex Ritchie. Hey guys, in a semi-recent episode, you asked if anyone had connected with their partner via Tofop. My girlfriend, Charlotte, and I met on Tinder about three years ago and began discussing the podcast almost immediately. At the time, Tinder had a function where it told you if you and your match had any interests in common, based on Facebook likes, and it turns out we had one. Tofop. Our first interaction went something like this, her holy shit, do you really listen to TOEFOP? Let's pause it there for a second. I mean, I'm sure there's been like a lot of conversations that have begun with, holy shit, do you really listen to TOEFOP?
1: I mean, it says something about the piece of entertainment that you're making that somebody shocked another person also consumes it. It says something about their relationship to it. They're like, oh my God, do you really get up at three o'clock in the morning and eat an
0: entire tub of ice
1: cream? Me too.
0: I mean, it's kind of like when Gemma and I got together, the thing that linked us very early on in the relationship was she was in Melbourne and I was in Sydney at the time and we were chatting on the phone. It was late. And I remember I was trying to watch um, Desperate Measures, Michael Keaton, um, Michael Keaton film Desperate Measures was on and I had the sound down, but I was watching it, but talking to Gem and she was talking to me and she said, you know what? i got to go. Desperate Measures is on. I love Michael Keaton. And I was like, holy shit, you love Michael Keaton? (laughs) And that was the bond that brought us together. So I get that. Okay, so the conversation goes holy shit. Do you really listen to TOEFOP? Me. Everyone relax. Her. Marry me. Oh, nice. <laughs> we aren't married yet, but we have been living together for a year and we're very happy together. I've often wondered if I would have had the chance to meet Charlotte without TOEFOP, as I've always felt that she's probably a little bit out of my league. Seeing that mutual interest box with a toefop tick might just have been the deciding factor, and made me seem a bit cooler than I actually am. So I owe I owe you guys for that. We usually we usually listen to the shows separately, but over the years we've had many discussions about Will's back's problems, Charlie's hands, hey, Doff Lundgren, <laughs> Doff Lundgren's gym routine, and it makes us feel like you guys are a small but important part of our lives. We also think that the fax machine is a fucking buckwild idea and we're 100% behind it. <laughs> Thanks, guys, Alex.
1: Well, thank you, Alex. That's very nice. Yeah, that's, like a
0: nice that. that's a nice way to finish up. I should have done that like, with the love song and dedication voice. It's like, uh, uh, I often wonder if uh, seeing that tofop tick might have just been the deciding factor. It made me seem a bit cooler than I actually am, so I owe you guys for that. We usually listen to the show separately, but over the years we've had many discussions about Will's back problems, Charlie's hands, and Dolph Lundgren's gym routine. It makes us feel like you guys are a small but important part of our lives. Okay, coming up next, it's extreme with more than words. You're listening to Top Up After Dark. Love songs and dedications. (laughs) Maybe we could do podcasts and dedications. (laughs) This
1: uh, next riff is going out to Andrew. Andrew, uh, Charlotte's uh, mad that you've been away for so long. <laughs> so, he's a little...
0: <laughs> you got nothing? Yeah, if you're arguing over what's a better film, Fury Road or Babe, I've got one answer for you. It's definitely <laughs> Fury Road. Don't be ridiculous. Okay, if you want to uh, support our show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash to get any um, info. I have... Oh, sorry. Hey, I'm not done with our plugs yet. Uh, okay, any... sorry. Any information on the show, go to tofop.com. If you want to send us an email, uh, sorry, if you want to send us a T-mail or some tofop respondents, you go to tofop.com. There's also a link there for our fax machine. Mike Hal said he's going to give people a little primer on how to send us a digital fax. Uh, you can go to Facebook. We're on Twitter. And Will has some tours, which are... Uh, legal. Eagle, uh, October 13th, Sydney
1: Opera House. Please uh, come and see that show. Um, that's going to be uh, amazing. Uh, I am doing a Melbourne show uh, with the dollop. Come and see that. And uh, Pakenham, uh, Bendigo, Noosa, Townsville for the Will we- we
0: Legal Tour, comedy.com.au. And if you can think up a great hashtag to get us as the opening act for the dollop, uh, get it out on Twitter. We'll retweet. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. dollopner Done. Perfect. Sold. <laughs> <laughs>